No, this was the breath of an exultant beast panting in rapture over its fallen prey. And as she lay on the bed trying to clear her mind and gather her wits, she knew with growing certainty that it was already too late. The agony that was spreading through her body told her the predator had already struck. Now, still lying face down, she heard a slight change in the predator's breathing, felt it gathering itself together, felt it coiling, readying itself to strike again. She had to do something, had to throw herself off the bed, had to escape from the room, escape from the house, escape from the predator. The thought was cut off as she felt another blow strike her back, another flash of pain sear her body. A scream rose in her throat and erupted into the darkness, and finally she threw herself over, struggling to flee from the bed and the attacker and the room and the house. But as she twisted around, her eyes locked onto the face that loomed above her. No, she cried. But even though she screamed the word as loudly as she could, her voice was already reduced to a rattling gasp. Then, above the face, the knife in the man's hand caught the moonlight, and for a moment that seemed like an eternity, it hovered above her, glowing darkly in her own blood. No, she said again, but this time the word was nothing more than a weak plea, and even as it died in the night, the knife began to descend. She watched it arc toward her, her eyes following the blade as it sank into her breast. For a second she felt nothing more than the heaviness of the blow as the fist that clutched the knife struck her chest. It wasn't until the knife was once more yanked free of her flesh that the searing heat struck too. No. She sighed once more as the knife rose high yet again. This time she felt nothing as the blade plunged into her, for already her spirit had escaped her body. Now she thought only of another, her daughter, her little girl, the child she could no longer protect. Too late, too late. The eternal darkness swallowed her soul as her husband finished his grisly task. As the last bell of the day rang, Angel Sullivan sat quietly in her seat in the last row of Mr. English's room and waited for her classmates to disappear before she even started stowing her books in her backpack. Finally, when the chatter in the corridor outside the room had died down, she stood up and began pulling on her jacket. You okay, Angel? the teacher asked, peering worriedly at her from his position behind his desk. Okay she repeated silently to herself. How could she be okay after what had happened this morning? And if Mr. English didn't know what was wrong, how was she going to explain it to him? After all, it had been right here in this classroom that it had happened, and Mr. English himself had waited until just before the first period bell to ask the class if they wanted to sing happy birthday to her. Happy birthday. Like it was still third grade or something. Didn't he know that hardly any of her classmates even spoke to her, let alone wanted to sing to her? So there she'd sat in her seat in the last row, feeling her face burning with embarrassment as a horrible silence fell over the room and half the class turned to stare at her. 
The only thing that had saved her from bursting into tears of humiliation was that the bell had rung, and everybody had rushed for the door before their teacher could stop them. Now he wanted to know if she was okay. Biting her lip but saying nothing, she hurried toward the door and the safety of the corridor beyond, which, with any luck at all, would now be empty. Angel? She heard Mr. English calling again, but before he could say anything else, she was out of the room, the door swinging shut behind her. Angel. What kind of a name was Angel? For a long time, well, maybe not all that long, but for a while anyway, Angel Sullivan had thought hers was a wonderful name, maybe the most wonderful name in the world. Even now, memories of phrases from the time when she was barely more than a baby echoed softly in her mind. Daddy's little angel. Mommy's little angel. Grammy's perfect little angel. It had been Grammy who had given her the very first Halloween costume she could remember. It was a white dress that Angel was certain had been made of satin, but which her mother insisted had only been cheap muslin. But it didn't matter because it had white sequins sewn all over it that glittered even when she was standing as still as she possibly could. On the back of the dress were two wings that Grammy had made of paper mache and then covered with white feathers. I've been saving them ever since you were born, Grammy had told her as she carefully fitted the wings onto Angel's tiny three-year-old shoulders. Some people might tell you they're only seagull feathers, but don't you believe them. Angel still had those wings, but they no longer hung on the wall of her room like they once had. Now they were wrapped in tissue paper and packed away in an old hat box. They were all she had to remind her of Grammy, who had died just a little while after that wonderful Halloween, and Angel had been alone ever since, with only the wonderful feathered wings to remember her grandmother by. After Grammy died, she'd still been Mommy's little angel and Daddy's little angel for a while. And every year she'd worn an angel costume on Halloween. But it had never been the same. And finally, as if understanding that she wasn't anything like what little angel implied, her parents had stopped using the phrases. The other kids, though, the kids Angel's age hadn't. And there still wasn't a day that went by when someone didn't scream the dreaded phrases at her. Hey, Mommy's little angel, will your wings still get you off the ground? Hey, Daddy's little angel, why don't you use your wings to fly to heaven? Or don't they want you up there either? The taunts had gone on and on year after year, and even though her mother had kept telling her it would stop, that the other kids would get tired of teasing her, it hadn't happened. A year ago today, on her fourteenth birthday, her mother had asked her what she wanted, and Angel had blurted out the truth. Another name. I don't look like an angel, and I don't feel like an angel, and I hate the way everyone always teases me. Then she had voiced the idea she'd been thinking about for months. I want everyone to start calling me Angie. Her mother had at least tried, even though hardly anyone else ever did, except Nicole Adams. Less than a week after her birthday, Nicole Adams and some of her friends had cornered Angel in the girls' room. Don't you know anything, Nicole had said, sounding as if she were talking to a five-year-old. Angie's not short for Angel. It's short for Angela. If you want to be short for Angel, it should be 
Angie, with a long A. Nicole's lips had twisted into a mean-looking smile. To rhyme with mangy. Suddenly her eyes glittered with malice. Hey, that's what we'll call you. Mangy Angie. The rest of the girls had all burst out laughing, and though Angel had felt like crying, she didn't. Instead, she had just ducked her head and pushed her way through Nicole's crowd of friends and fled out into the sunlight of the afternoon. And now, a whole year had gone by, and it was her birthday again, and nothing was any better than it had ever been. After she escaped from Mr. English's room, she was just about to push the front door of the school open when she saw Nicole standing on the sidewalk with three of her friends, so she quickly turned back into the building and ducked into the girls' room. Empty. Sighing with relief, she dropped her backpack to the floor, turned on the water and washed her hands and face so that if anyone came in, they'd at least see her doing something. Then as she was wiping her hands, she caught a glimpse of herself in the mirror. Angel, she silently repeated one more time, regarding her two large features glumly. Don't you worry, her mother had been telling her for almost five years now. Remember the ugly duckling who turned into a swan? You're my angel, and before you know it, you'll be the most beautiful girl in town. But now, standing in front of the mirror in the girl's room, Angel knew it wasn't true. Her eyes bugged out, and her nose was too long, and her lips were too thick and too wide. Her hair was a lank and lifeless brown, and her body... Her eyes welled with tears. Angels are blonde and thin and pretty.